Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. The weather today will be a high of 2 degrees in Edmonton, 3 degrees in Calgary, 0 degrees in Saskatoon, and 5 degrees in Toronto. Not bad, not bad. Thank you, Evie. You're welcome. <laughs> hey, guys. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Come join the live show. Bring your questions. Get your answers. Take some action. Build a real estate portfolio. That about sums it up in about three steps, eh? Yeah. Wayne's three-step formula to success. (laughs) (laughs) All you got to do is wake up early. Bring your questions. We'll bring the answers. And then go take action. Boom. Bada, Bada bing, bada boom. Does anyone, a, say bada bing? Does anyone say bada bing, bada boom anymore? Eh, no. Uh, it might be a new sound clip. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't, um, what's the, what's the strip joint on, um, Sopranos? Bada bing? The, the bada bing, yep. Yeah. Yep. There you go. You that's, that's how old of a saying it is. <laughs> oh, much older than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, so, uh, how you doing over there? I'm, 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 I'm fantastic. (laughs) I have a very sore hip and a very sore back. (laughs) I'm struggling. She's a good little soldier. I'm a good soldier. I'm here. I'm awake. She's here. She's awake. Got my coffee. Yeah. Uh, how's everybody else doing uh, in the comments here? Anything, uh, any exciting going on? Uh, I'm curious. Um, from t- from time to time, we throw out little challenges. Normally, <clears throat> normally on Fridays, we'll be like, "Okay, so that's what you're going to do this weekend. You're gonna you're gonna revisit what we just talked about, or you're gonna go and you're gonna do these things, and you're gonna come back next Monday, and you're gonna have something for us. You're gonna take some action this weekend. You're gonna have something to show for it on Monday. But on Mondays, we don't normally get a whole heck of a lot of people saying that they that they did anything." I, I just want to know if it's us or if it's you. Because if, if if it's us, we can push a little bit harder. Um, but if it's you, then why? What's up? What's going on? You got these big dreams. Uh, then you find out how to do it. You bring your questions. You get your answers. You find out how to do it, but then you don't do it. Ain't that a bitch, Gab? Yeah. It's a bitch. It's a bitch. When you realize how hard it is. <laughs> or or you realize not how hard it is, how uncomfortable it is. Right? Because anything that you need to do, I mean, for the most part, you kind of knew what you needed to do before. And you were just kind of banking on an easier way to do it. Right? Yeah. I think ultimately that's it. I think that when people realize it's going to be hard, they pull their foot off the throttle. Fill in whatever motivational, inspirational quote, but but if you keep going at the same path that you've been going at for the last 
5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, however old you are, you're going to get the same results. And that's just the truth. There's a reason why you are where you are and why you've been there for a long time. And that's because you've been approaching it the same way. The truth is, the, the, the honest goodness truth is you have to go a different direction. You have to look at it a different way. You have to be different. That's it. Plain and simple. If you continue to go at the same path that you've been going at, the same approach, you're going to get the same results. So that's why I say on those Fridays, go fucking shake shit up. Go do something you've never done before. Go try something. Fuck it. What's the worst that's going to happen? Someone's going to think less of you? Fuck them. That's, but that's ultimately what it's coming down to, right? It, we're we're kind of we're, we're peeling off the layers now, really, from the first five minutes of the show. We're peeling off the layers here. But the truth is, is that it has nothing to do with how uncomfortable it is. It's your fucking insecurities because you're you're concerned about what people are going to think about you. There's fucking billions of people on this planet. If you're worried about what people are going to think about you, then you may as well go hide in the closet because I'm sorry, there's. <laughs> you're not hiding from anything. Wayne, do you see that um, that post that uh, Garrett shares every once in a while? And I think Lori shared it yesterday as well. Mm. Um, it's oh. like a room. It's a picture of um, a lovely, bright uh, room, empty room. And it says, to the person who worries what others may think or say about you, here is a room filled with all of the people who pay your bills, walk in your shoes every day, determine your future, and love your family way more than you possibly could. These are the same people who should allow who you should allow to discourage you. Let that sink in. The people that you're worried about that are going to judge you shouldn't be in your life in the first place. Because the people who truly care about you that want to see you succeed are the ones are the ones you should have around you. The ones you should have around you are the ones that are rooting you on, like that are that are cheering for you. That's talk about auditing your circle. You're you're sitting there hoping to find a way to go about doing this, to reach success, and not without without shaking it up, without without having any risk of someone thinking differently oh, what I but I really care about what they think about me well if they're gonna if they're gonna think negatively of you then they shouldn't be around you they shouldn't or at the very least maybe go give it a shot and if they if they if they do say some things or if they are affecting your success then make a decision at that point is their opinion of me more important than what I want most in life I'm not, we're not talking about fucking money here. Like, we're like we're talking about like you li living the your best fulfilled life, and you need to make a decision: Is this person really that important to my life, or can I find another fucking person who can fill that spot? Mm -hmm. How important are they? We've been best buds for 15 years. Okay, cool. Someone that you've been best buds with for 15 years doesn't care about what you want most in life. You think maybe you just kind of like went out to the playground, the schoolyard and 
they offered to play with you and you just been playing with them and drinking with them and playing video games and, you know, all that shit for 15 years. Just maybe it was just happenstance. Maybe it's just you guys are friends just because that's the person that you met that day. And it could have been anyone on the schoolyard who you went and met that day. And then you would have spent 15 years hanging out with them. That's all I'm saying is this is a stupid, dumb BS that's like that you're worried about, whether it's consciously or subconsciously. That's that's it's that you're worried about that is that is preventing you from doing the things that you need to do. How's everybody in the comments today? <laughs> Justin's got a question about um, um, can you read that? Uh, just th at the bottom there. Um, Grow ups. Yeah. Uh, just uh, do you buy property that has a basement? Gutted? Like, would you? Or would you? Yeah. Okay. Or should you? Or um, I think previous legal grow up. Um, okay, we can get to that question today. Um, no, I don't think he said it's legal. Due Somebody. to a previous legal, it says legal. Oh, scroll up. Oh, I it think does. You're on the wrong yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. Legal, or maybe he meant illegal. Um, oh, and he said grown up. Is that why you were confused? I read it as grow up. <laughs> I'm assuming that's Dubai what probably meant. has a basement gutted <laughs> due to previous legal grown up. I'm legal grow up. <laughs> Have we figured out what the question is? <laughs> try try retyping it for us just so we got a good understanding. <laughs> oh goodness gracious. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up what I was saying a second ago, guys, and I just wanna make sure that you guys think about that today and I want you to make sure that you're not letting other people's opinions dictate how successful you are. Okay. Mm -hmm. I want to like, just try. Most of you aren't even trying. You're it's, it's the thought, it's the fear of what someone's going to think that is holding you back. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go and go to that event because I'm, I'm worried about what people are going to think about me. I don't want to post that thing because I'm worried about what that person's going to say about me. I don't want to ask that person because I'm worried about if they're going to talk to someone else about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Have you tried trying it? You don't even know. It's just your fear of it. And after trying it a few times, see what happens. Just see what happens. Sometimes you might even be pleasantly surprised. Uh, one of our mentees in the REI Masters Mentorship Program um, did a post yesterday um, saying that uh, he raised $200,000 yesterday. Not a whole lot of fear there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. you just, just having conversations. Yeah. Having conversations and he raised $200,000. Someone wants to buy a rental property with him. Boom. Yeah. Actually, that the, the he didn't he didn't raise it per se. The person came to him. It's amazing, right? It's amazing what happens when you try trying. The next time you're, next time you're, you're, you're second guessing it, and, and you're like, "Oh, what would Wayne say?" Okay, this is if you want to know what I would say, you don't have to come to the show. Just you want to know what I would say. I, I, 
I what I would say is, have you tried trying? That's it. All that I ask is that you guys try trying. Take the stuff that we that we teach you guys, implement it, and actually try. And you'd be surprised what kind of results you guys have. Yeah, for sure. Um. Okay, so uh, have we got a follow up to, or have we got a? No, Justin has not clarified. Justin's calling in. You know what? Let's just oh, okay. answer the phone. Sure, let's do it. Hello. Good morning. Hi. Sorry. Um. Sorry. I'm, I'm driving, so I just uh, oh. <laughs> uh, uh, doing the things. So yes. Um. My question was: there was the, there was a, a grow up in the basement previously, a legal grow up, and the basement has been gutted due to due to that reason. Yeah. So, I'm just. I want to see what's your opinion on buying a property that was uh, having there was a, having a, a crow up in the basement previously. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, we can definitely answer that. We're just gonna uh, take a short little break here, and then when we get back, we'll we'll dive into it. Uh, thank you so much oh, for great. calling in. Thank you very Thanks, much. Okay, bye. Okay, guys, we'll take a quick little break here, and then when we get back, we'll talk about. Uh, Grow ups. <laughs> Grow ups. All right. What is it, Thursday? All right. Cool. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. <laughs> So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash-flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash albertabuyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. New to real estate? Stuck? Maybe you need quick cash. Wholesaling is a strategy that can fit almost any investor, but it has to be done right. Hi, I'm real estate lawyer Barry McGuire, and I'm here to help. Join me in Calgary on March 18th for a full day deep dive into wholesaling. Space is limited, so reach out to Wayne and Gabby right away for their special offer. And we are back. And that special offer that he's referring to is uh, all of our listeners on the podcast gets an awesome coupon code for 30% off. You just got to use the coupon code REIMasters.c. No. <laughs> REIMasters. REIMasters. Just, just, just that. that. Just that. Not Nothing .ca. <laughs> no info. Oh, goodness gracious. REIMasters. REIMasters, 30% off. Uh, that works out to be like 400, 500 bucks off. If you, it's big savings. Oh, and okay, I'm going to uh, watch this. Watch this. You ready for this, Gab? Yeah. Okay. So you're looking at you're looking at the wholesaling workshop on uh, March, what is it, 18th? Yes. March 18th. Okay, cool. So you're thinking about it. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I really need to, I, I really want to start, you know, getting into this real estate game. I just don't have enough money or whatever. I, I wish there was a way that I can kind of get into it and make money at the same time. Boom, you realize, oh, shit, wholesaling, that's perfect. It's fast cash, right? Mm -hmm. When What you're going to do is you're going to find off-market deals. 
you're going to lock them up and you're going to sell those contracts to other investors for a nice sizable, you know, anywhere from, you know, is sometimes you can be as low as 2,500. Sometimes they could be as high as 30,000, right? Depends on how good the deal is. Depends on how well educated you are and your ability to get those deals. Okay, cool. So now you realize, okay, I want to go to this wholesaling workshop, but like, damn it, 1500 bucks. That's, that's expensive for you. For me, it's peanuts, but for you, yeah, I get it. Okay. You're getting started. They don't have enough. They don't have enough money. Yeah. They're trying to figure out like, how, how am I going to best utilize my savings that I have? I, I have to, I got one shot, right? I got to put all my money on, on, on one thing, right? Mm-hmm. And I better make the right decision. Okay, cool. So you come into the podcast, you find out there's an REI master's coupon code that gives you 30% off. Okay. Okay. That's 450. Right. So that means that your the actual cost, yeah, you're at 450. The actual cost is like 1050. Okay. But remember, education for your real estate business is tax deductible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what tax bracket are you in? say like a 35% tax bracket on average for most families. Okay, so take another 35% off of that. Your actual cost of this workshop is actually 680 bucks. Ooh la la. Because you're going to get a tax refund at the end of the year, remember? Mm-hmm. Because when you deduct the cost of that of the workshop, you're going to it's you're going to pay 1050. But when you deduct it at the end of the year, you're not going to pay you get to deduct a thousand fifty from your personal income tax, which means that you're not going to pay approximately four hundred dollars worth of taxes. See, so it's another four hundred dollars of savings. And all you need is a measly six hundred dollar wholesale fee on your first deal. And that's the other fucking thing. And it's like it's you know what I mean. Off. It's paid for. <laughs> <laughs> um, our first wholesale deal, five thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. 5,000 bucks. It paid for my wholesale course and it paid for my agreements for sale course. Yeah. Boom. Done. No, sorry. It didn't pay for, didn't just pay for my wholesaling course and my agreement for sale course. It also paid for Gabby's agreements yeah. for sale course as well. Done. First damn deal. That's why they, they always say the first damn deal. Get your first damn deal. It pays for the course or the workshop. And then it also, you'll find that once you get one deal, the second, third, and fourth deal are just so much easier. Easy. So much easier. Anyways, um, yes, education is tax deductible. Do not forget about that. Okay. Um, so take advantage of it. Why not? I think it makes sense. Absolutely. Or you can just sit around and just hope for something else to fall in your lap. Remember, what would Wayne say? Have you tried trying? Go take the workshop, come back in the morning, the morning after and be like, hey, I took the workshop. I'm trying to build my marketing funnel for, you know, you know for my leads. I want to get some leads coming in. What's the best approach? I don't have any money for marketing. I need to just, I need a free way of doing marketing. How do I go about doing this? I'll give you tips. 100% I'll give you tips. We've coached lots of people on wholesaling. I haven't I haven't calculated how much money the people that we've coached and mentored have made in wholesaling, but it's a lot. It's a lot. So anyways, think about that. Um, Barry's website is barrymcguire.ca. Don't forget REI Masters. Okay. Mm. Mm, I'm still getting through the comments here. Okay. 
cool. All right. So the uh, the conforming legal grow up. Grow up just sounds so negative. Like it's legal now. Why don't you just let someone grow a few plants? Chill, bro. <laughs> grow like grow operation. It's medicinal. I'm sure they had a they had they had all the necessary things that they needed. Um how quickly we forgot that it's legal to smoke pot in Canada. It was a big it was a big thing for a while. Yeah, for like a deal. minute. Yeah. And then it wasn't anymore. No. And I, I'm There I'm was still, outrage. I, I'm st- I remember people I remember I was I was I was working um at my J O B before I left. And people were sneaking away early from work. They said that they had an appointment, all so that they could go down to the what do they call it, like a dispensary or whatever. The f- I, don't, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, to Magic Buds over on the corner, <laughs> and uh, they 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 just wanted to go and smoke pot in the parking lot just because they could do it legally. I remember that. It's crazy. <laughs> Now it's just like I'm blown away by how many like magic buds and like super smoke shops there are in every strip mall. Yeah, or is, it's like are, there's is, more than Tim Hortons. There's more. There's more of those smoke shops than Tim Hortons, and I'm still blown away by how they're staying in business. It, are, are people smoking that much pot? Yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. How quick you are to assume? The yeah no. You're you're naive. All right, let's take you've a never poll. Been around let's it. take a poll. Um, for everyone that's live in the morning show, uh, let me know. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Are you currently an active pot smoker? <laughs> you're you you say it with like a tone in your voice that's almost shameful. What? I'm I'm not a narc. <laughs> like I said, it's legal. I'm curious. I'm curious. I'm wondering if I should be opening up a marijuana dispensary. Um, so it seems like business is booming, but Aurora, <laughs> so Aurora and, um, just, uh, next to the Edmonton airport there shut down. Did they not, or they are shutting down? Yeah. I don't, I don't know the, the whole thing behind that. See, like, I don't stay up on it. I you don't didn't really read care. The shareholders notes. No, I didn't read the shareholders notes. Mm. Um, uh, before, before Chaston answers your question, he wants to know if you're a cop. You a cop, man? I believe a cop <laughs> has to say they're a cop if they're a cop. Unless you're undercover. Unless, what? Is that a thing? <laughs> Are you a cop? You seem to know more about this than I do. <laughs> I see a whole lot of thumbs down. Okay, whole, but like, look at... A whole lot of squares. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, Garrett says, I was high from 2000 to 2008. <laughs> um... Yeah, like I feel like you are like like no. you're call like you're almost like you're calling someone out if they're a pot smoker. I'm just doing market research. Like I used to be a master doobie roller. Like and I was damn proud of it. People used to come to me That's to That's how roll you their get doobies. a nickname, Gab. That's how <laughs> nicknames are formed. <laughs> that should have been my roller derby, derby name. Oh, doobie roller. <laughs> wow. And yeah, for those of you who didn't know, Gab used to do roller derby as well. Yeah. Um, anyways, it's, I, I don't even know why, why, why did we ask this? What's going on? Because we're talking about, uh, conforming legal. I'm saying legal because because legal sounds like illegal. So you're saying it still has such a bad rap. Like why haven't people come around? I was just just having a conversation. Yeah. I know. 
Yeah, an hour to go. <laughs> and I was genuinely curious because this is like a, this is a thing. It happens, what, three years ago in Canada? And I don't believe. It's been longer than that, no? Perhaps. Like you forget about the blip. Oh, yeah, the blip. It has to be longer than that. <sighs> but here's the thing is that like. What's um, the thing? Just because, okay, so like, would you know that um, people are like alcoholics? Like you're not in their houses every night seeing like how many beverages they're having. I'm just curious. I would have asked the same question three or four years after prohibition was 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 ended. Okay. Because like, I just personally think that there's a huge population of people who smoke pot regularly like every like they wake up and they puff and they get home from work and they puff and they go to bed and they puff and they puff 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 like that is a part of people's lives and especially because it is such a like you said medicinal like it is a huge pain management drug mm. and so therefore like you go into any doctor's office and there's education on how it can help with different um, like chronic pains and different diseases. It is literally part of so many people's um, like pain management processes. And so like they're all using it. And then there's like the recreational people, like just as people go out after work and have some drinks or get a six pack and bring them home and have a few beers after work every night. There's a lot of those people. We're in Berta, baby. There's just people who, instead of having that drink, are coming home and just like having a puff. I think. Okay, maybe not just as many, but I think there's a huge population. You got really defensive. <laughs> I grew up well, in I grew up in Nelson, BC, where like if you didn't have like if your neighbor wasn't growing pot, like they like were were they cops, man? <laughs> So I'm like, I've been around it my entire life. I think nothing weird of it. I think it's like totally normal. Um, I certainly, uh, Garrett said 2000 to 2008. I was probably like 1998 to maybe 2004 or five <laughs> was my run. Wow. <laughs> so, um, okay. I don't know. I'm just I'm just saying I think it's far more normal than you're giving it credit for. Uh maybe maybe yeah, maybe. And I think polling 44 people where um did you did you also notice that how many thumbs down were there? Maybe like 8 or something. That means that 30 something people didn't answer because you shamed them. <laughs> well, there you have it people. There's your spokesperson for the movement. I support you. <laughs> I'm just genuinely curious. I want to know what people think about it because it was, it was big hype. It was big hype. Well, it was hype because like you suddenly you were allowed to do something that you weren't allowed to do before. Yeah. What made it cool was that it was illegal for a lot of people. Sorry, call me city folk, but that's kind of how it was perceived. You were running around picking berries in the mountains. I was in Southern Ontario completely different culture okay I like that you think I, I was, picking was from the center of Canada the world okay you were picking berries and 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 bopping bopping bear noses bopping bears in the nose yeah get away bear that's my berry Bop. <laughs> right completely different culture okay anyways I, I I'm defending myself and I wasn't even attacking anyone 
and and <laughs> and god damn it justin wants an answer <laughs> so i would say that for some reason even though it's conforming legal i would say that you're probably still going to run into some issues with people that are like questioning it thinking that it must have been they they you know, when you say, uh, you know, a grow up, it was, it was that term right there that yeah. suddenly like, like, oh, wow, that's what the neighbors are going to be saying. It was there was a grow up in the basement. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's proper permits and everything, you know what I mean? Or they were allowed to grow three plants or whichever, whatever. I don't I don't know much about it. But the stigma around it is is it, it's yeah, it's pretty negative. Um, and you can't control people's perception of it. Right. And you can't put it in the, you know, if you're going to be selling this thing or, you know, if you decide to sell in the future, you can't put it in the realtor's notes that like, hey, and in case Susie next door asks or says anything, <laughs> here's the permit. You know what I mean? Like you can't control that. You can't control the narrative. So, um, yeah. So automatically, like if somebody does know that it was, you know, however they find out, um, whether they're knocking on doors and asking neighbors about the history of the property, which lots of people do. Um, however it is that they might find out automatically you think grow up. And I think that pretty much everybody knows moisture. Yeah. When I think grow up, or I think when a lot of people think grow up, they, they look at it and they don't see a couple plants being grown. No, you think there was like meth major lab. operation going meth on lab. down there. I see meth lab, like, Oh my gosh, it could have exploded. <laughs> but that's just that's not what i actually think but like I, I know that's what people think they're like oh it was a serious operation really it's there just was, a garden <laughs> yeah yeah it was like a hanging garden <laughs> um so of babylon yeah gabby was talking about moisture some moisture and an improper ventilation with moisture creates mold right so that's one thing you want to be concerned about whether it be you know in that basement um or in the vents Right. Yeah. Um, maybe, you know, uh, behind the drywall within, I, I don't think, I mean, va there's a vapor barrier. I don't know a whole heck of a lot about that, but I mean, I, I would talk to a remediation company. Maybe if you have a friend that's in the industry and understands remediation, they might be able to tell you what to look for specifically. But the fact that the basement was gutted means that you can see any moisture issues or mold issues. They're not going to, it has nowhere to hide now. It's literally everything is exposed. My next, uh, my next thought would be um, electrical. It was, it was, a, it was a conforming thing, but you know, did they set up the electrical in an improper way? I, yeah, I guess what I'd I'm thinking that, is, yeah. if if it was an illegal operation, then I would be concerned about the electrical. Like, how did they get things set up? Yeah, and that was the first thing that. Um, went to my head because like when I first read the question and I actually didn't notice that you said legal um, is, you know, like when there's been some sort of illegal operation happening at a property, whether it be marijuana or meth, like Wayne said, like w when there's something illegal that gets shut down by Alberta services or whatever province you're in, it gets shut down by the authorities. That notice is public. So that gets posted on the Alberta Health Services website. It's attached to that address. Somebody Googles that address. That notice comes up. Um, it is it is now out in the public. Mm -hmm. And anybody 
who's looking to purchase the property does a quick Google search of the address to maybe, you know, do Google Maps and look at the neighborhood. And they're hit with their number one search results being AHS shut down property, uh, illegal grow up shut down. Or a CBC News article. Yeah, or a CBC News article and how all the neighbors, so so dangerous and so many undesirables coming in and out and blah, blah, blah. All hours of the evening. All hours. There was some gunshots and that's when the authorities came in. Anyways. Um, <laughs> so if it was illegal, you would have a whole different, a whole other beast to tackle, which we could 100% talk about another day, but that's not what we're talking about now. No, it's legal. So don't worry about any of that stuff. Yes. So it was legal. Technically, nothing was done wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Except you have the, um, you know, the stigma of, of what the neighbors say. And you have um, to do your extreme due diligence on if there is moisture issues in the house. Well, that home inspection will be able to figure yeah. that out. Yeah. So I would say to summarize, um, your issues are going to be moisture, electrical, and um, mold. Uh, well, from the moisture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and the narrative. Yeah. Um, so first one, moisture. You just get your home inspector to check on that. Your home inspector is going to check on the electrical as well. And what I would do is just uh, go knock on five doors on each direction of the house. Uh, and and from there, it should be fine. I do a Google search. Like, again, that's not going to come up because it was legal. Now, of course, make sure you do your diligence, though, and still look up the address just to make sure someone says that it was conforming. I mean, like, you know, that's just I, I don't know how you learned that. I don't know if it was literally in the, the realtor's notes or whatever. How did you mm -hmm. find out about it? Because mm -hmm. that, I, I, if you're planning on flipping the property, then the next person who buys it is going to find out the same way that you did. If you're planning on keeping the property as a rental property or a burr, then you're fine. Yeah. So uh, I wouldn't overthink it. Uh, we we just talked about a bunch of different stuff just to add a little extra value today and for comedic relief and um, you know also to kill an hour. But ultimately, I would say that I don't think there's much to worry about. Just uh, just those three things that we just brought up. Yeah, I guess also, um, you know, what are you purchasing the property for? Are you are you getting it at a kick ass deal because of this? And you're maybe doing a burr and adding it to your rental portfolio? Who cares what the neighbor thinks? Are you holding that property for the next 20 years? Doesn't matter. It's not definitely not going to matter in 10 or 20 years. That's for sure. 100%. You've you've completely renovated the place. It's a beautiful rental. It's been a successful rental property the last however many years. That's not going to matter down the road. Um, so as long as you've done your due diligence on the property and that inspection, you know, that really good thorough inspection and they know um, the history before doing the inspection. So they're really looking for those specific things. Then um, I, I say take the kick ass deal. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. If you're, you know, doing a quick flip, then I might say the opposite. Well, one more thing that you added in there was take the kick-ass deal. Um, How kick-ass of a deal is it? Yeah. You could leverage that. If they're running into a lot of resistance from buyers about that, and that's the main concern, leverage it and get a better deal. Mm -hmm. Hashtag capitalism. It's funny. As soon as I said it like that, I'm, I I instantly felt greasy. That's something I want to talk about. Probably not today because there's, there's some good questions I see in the comments. But 
that I want to talk about uh, again is 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 the fact that in order for you to win, someone has to lose. As soon as I said that, I instantly felt like really un, uncomfortable. I'm like, oh, someone's gonna re- someone's gonna hear that wrong. Yeah. Hey, man, if that's their problem, then leverage it and be like, hey, since nobody else is is willing to pay that, you know, willing to buy it because of that, I'll give you uh, take thirty thousand dollars off and I'll take it off your hands right now. But your thirty thousand dollars savings is thirty thousand dollars off the table of some other family who's struggling to sell that property. Isn't capitalism fucked? Okay, you see, yeah. But on the other side of it, remember that whoever owns that property decided, made a decision to put a legal grow up in their basement. They made that decision. So at the end of the day, they have to know that, you know, when they, they shut that, you know, down, and they're going to go sell it and they've gutted it. And somehow, like, I, I wish we knew a little bit more. Like, was it in the realtor notes? <laughs> was yeah. it in the listing? Like, how, how do you have that information? Um, they have to know that that's going to affect the value of their property. Mm-hmm. Like, anybody's got to know that. You're going to put a grow up in your basement, your value's going down. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Right. So, um, you know, I, I, in a large part, we can say, oh, it feels greasy. You're getting a good deal because of it. But, that's you know they did did it to themselves does that feel greasy too (laughs) yeah john john's in the comments here he says you're still helping them get rid of the property who's struggling to sell it yeah 100 percent. hashtag solutions yeah i (laughs) the reason i brought it up is because there are many people who are afraid of of what people are going to think yeah and also they want to get rich they want to become wealthy and successful but they don't want to do it by taking from others. Yeah. And that is going to be a big problem. And I'm not saying I love it. I'm not saying I love it. I'm not, I, our business, businesses, the Gabby and I operate, all have an underlying win-win, like approach. The services and products that we provide help people. And they're win-win. And if you can find a way to build businesses that are actual win-win, there's 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 no other way of there's no other business. There's there's no other better business model than one that that, that actually creates a real win-win. Where both people, both parties are winning, are are making money, are getting their, their solutions to their problems, right? So if it's something that you're uncomfortable with and just try and focus on providing as much value, whether that be in your service or your product as possible, as much as possible for a fair rate now, but you know, if you're planning on being a real estate investor and you want to get good deals, cause that's what people want, right? I want a good deal. How do I find good deals? You have to understand and come to terms with the fact that your deal, the money that you are saving is going to be taken from someone else. And this isn't something that people talk about very much. And I know it's not it's something, it's kind of like, you know, where were my Nikes made? You don't want to think about it. Mm, this hot dog is so delicious. You don't want to know what's in it. Okay? I get it. But it's better to walk into it with eyes wide open and have a full understanding of what it is that you're doing than to then to walk blindly and then like to to question it when or second guess yourself you know in the moment just just understand it just come to terms with it 
just as you came to terms with your fucking Nikes. It's not great. It's not, but that's a, that's a decision for you to make. And if you don't like it, then then build a business where you don't do that. Build a business where you can buy houses at retail and still make money. And then please share. What do you mean? Like with us? Yeah, with everybody. <laughs> rent I just own. don't see- rent own. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But guess what, Gab? You could buy you can buy a rental property at retail and still make money over the next ten years. That's true. You're just not going to make an extra twenty thousand dollars because you ground yeah. you gra- you grinded ground them down to twenty thousand dollars less. Yeah, that's it. You know, true. like true. You can buy a house for retail, and the mortgage pay down, appreciation, and cash flow you get for the next ten years will be profit. You just won't make money on the buy. If you're not comfortable with making money on the buy, if you're not comfortable with grinding people down and getting a good deal on the buy, then just don't do it. There's still plenty of money to be made in mortgage pay down, appreciation, and cash flow. Or if you're doing rent to own, the additional option credits, the appreciate, like, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Um, you could, you're not going to be a very good flipper. No. Definitely not stay a very good flipper. Do not um, flip. You're not going to be a very good wholesaler. No. Stay away from that one too. Yeah. Um, you're, you're not going to be able to complete a burr. Definitely not going to be able to complete Not a proper one, at least. But there are ways to make money in real estate and, and, and avoid it. I don't, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm shining lights on the difficult topics and the things that people aren't talking about. Cause I want you guys to be aware of it. The decisions that you make are the decisions that you own. You just move forward with it. make a decision, move forward with it. Don't, don't think about it too much. Yeah. Um, so if we just quickly jump back to the, the grow up discussion. Yeah. And then um, I want to get to, to Jagger's questions. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Frances made a good point too in there. She said they made the profit up front during the grow up. <laughs> Who said that? Francis. <laughs> That's good. Um, and then Justin also popped back into the comments here and said, yes, it's required and disclosed in the listing remark. Wow. Yeah. So I guess like I would want to know if I were looking at this opportunity is for how long does that need to be disclosed? Like at what point is that relevant? Do you know what I mean? Like, no. At what point does it become irrelevant? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because like you can't just like forever have to disclose that at one point, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, there was a legal um grow up in the property so if there's any realtors in here that know the answer to that question please do disclose um and that that would be a major that would majorly determine whether i would take the deal and and what i would do with it Mm. because i definitely would not do a quick flip if that had to stay on there first let's say like a minimum two years or something like that um or maybe certain things have to happen to the property to have that removed right Mm -hmm. so maybe there needs to be you know um, certain processes done to the ventilation system on the drywall, like that kind of stuff, you know, like maybe there's certain almost like repermitting the property kind of in a sense. Gotcha. So who knows? I, I mean, somebody knows it's not me, but those would be questions that I would need answered before I made a decision on whether or not to move forward with the property. Yeah. Garrett says, so I can have a bunch of tomato plants and herb towers. <laughs> But I can't have four legal marijuana plants. Makes no sense. You would think a lawyer would be all over that. I'm 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 not saying what I'm saying is Justin, I would verify that. 
the statement that it has to be disclosed, I, I would like to see some actual reference because. And is there a certain point? Like, I don't think you would need to disclose that if you had four marijuana plants that you were growing. This could be a quick Google search that could that could yeah. solve this concern right now. Yeah. And it would solve one of those three things that I brought up earlier. Yeah, so. for sure. Um, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd like to see some reference material on it. Okay. So Jagger had a couple of really good questions. Mr. Uh, Mr. C had one. I want to kind of keep things somewhat related, but, and with the timing we have left in the show, I want to make sure we don't go over. Um, Jagger said, any tips on how to be more comfortable in confrontation? Mm. That's a very good question. Also but, very vague. Well, <laughs> What kind? Like in what context? Well, I I, I could like answer. I can answer it in to... two words. I could say "fuck them." Like, did somebody <laughs> talk to your girl? And <laughs> uh, that's fair. Um, is does it relate to real estate at all specifically, or is there something that you are concerned about doing or confronting? Or is it just a general thing that you have trouble with? I know that for me. Um, like I think back to when we first became landlords and we had our our series <laughs> of our first three tenants that were just a nightmare. And I was literally petrified to be like anywhere near or to like open the confrontational email or to answer the confrontational phone call or to show up at the property and not know what would what would happen. So I know for me that like I had a huge problem with confrontation um, when we got started in real estate. I'd say I've grown and I'm better now, but I still don't like it. I still don't feel comfortable in it. Hmm. Yeah, I would. Uh, Jagger says, yeah, exactly that. Um, okay. If, yeah. if it's tenants, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I can't give a short answer. I think that um, I think that you need to know who you are and and where you're at, you know, like what level there's got to be a certain level of confrontation that, you know, you just need to like suck it up and deal with it. But I think that there's, you know, in the situation where we're dealing with managing rental properties, um, you know, there's things that you can implement to remove you from those situations like you know if you're terrified to go drop drop off a um rtdrs hearing package you know to go to the door knock and serve them hire somebody to do that mm -hmm. if you're scared to um sorry i i say scared but like i feel like that's really what it is intimidated um to do certain things like hire those things out I mean, you are going to have, if you're self-managing, you are going to have to deal with your tenant um, communication. So you are going to have to, you know, respond to those hasty emails and, you know, deal with things that way. But I find that that's a lot easier confrontation to deal with when, you know, keyboard warrior, <laughs> when you're behind the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's It's also fair to say that most of what you're, intimidated by is the the unknown you just if you knew how they were going to react you could be prepared to walk into that situation but you don't know how they're going to react so you are sparking or igniting confrontation by your response right and i think that 
you know, if someone was was more of a passive, the other person was more of a passive kind of timid person, you would be less intimidated, right? But if this person is clearly the type of person that escalates situations, then yeah, you're going to want to avoid it. We have one tenant right now. Like I personally would not want to go and serve an eviction notice to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just he's much bigger than I am and he is way more comfortable with confrontation than I am. He's a firecracker. He's a fucking firecracker. He's the type of guy that would punch you if you dropped off an eviction notice. Right? Completely unreasonable. And do I want to walk into that situation? Not really. I really like working from home and not dealing with a-holes. I love it. My life is great right now. I don't deal with anyone negative. I get to control who I let in my circle. Having to go and like approach that person sounds really, really not fun. Would I be able to survive the situation? Yeah, but I'm probably going to be hurting afterwards. And from a comfort zone type thing, I don't want to leave my comfort zone to go to that. So yeah, like it's, I think you're always going to be intimidated by the, the either the bigger person the more intimidating person or the person who is more comfortable with, with confrontation than you are. Yeah. Right. It's natural to them. They thrive in it. Some people do. Some people do thrive. They thrive in intimidating people. So that's something you're always going to be dealing with. And I'm saying that I think it's, everyone's going to be at their own level or at their own, uh, like, If you take like, if you started from the bottom saying like the most timid person who never leaves the house because they're afraid of sunlight and the person way at the top that will punch you for looking at you the wrong way. Like everyone's going to be somewhere in the middle Mm -hmm. and the higher up on that you go, the people that are higher up are always going to have more. What's the right word? You know what I mean? They're always going to intimidate the people underneath them, right? And it's always going to be harder for the people underneath to to go and confront the people above for a visualization. I'm trying to create a visualization of it. So, you know, we're always sizing people up when we meet them, right? Instantly, you're sizing people up. And when you meet someone, um, depending on the way that they stand, the way way that they speak, the way that they look you in the eyes, you instantly size them up. Are they more intimidating? Are they more comfortable, confident, or intimidating than me, right? And then that will dictate how you treat them how you speak to them, whether you listen to them and you respect them or whether you're like, I'm definitely better than this person and you're going to speak down to them. We instantly do it. Think about it. Next time you go to a networking event, you're doing it when you meet new people all the time. You're sizing them up the second you meet them. There's this like subconscious, you know, analysis that we do as people when we meet people. If they are below you or if you feel like they're below you, then you're not going to have any trouble with com- confronting them or confrontation. If they're above you, you're going to have trouble with it. So what I what I challenge you to do is is just be, again, just be more aware of, of the game that you're playing. Just understand what's going on. If you understand it, you can prepare for it. And then what you can do on your own is start trying, trying to figure out how am I going to confront people like this? How do I confront people like this? How do I confront people like this? Right? And just figure out your own little manual for it. I mean, that's, that's, I'm I'm trying to explain what I do. I'm trying to explain in the best way possible. I told you it wasn't going to be a short answer. Yeah. Because there's a whole lot more thought that goes into it. And a lot of us, we don't even think about this when we do it. We don't, but it's happening every day. 
I go to some networking events and I and I'm 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 intimidated by people. I am, and I I recognize it because I'm I'm aware, right? I'm conscious of it. I'm aware of it. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to talk to this type of person? Yeah, right. I think also that um, something that really comes into play with everything that you just said is that um, exposure creates familiarity. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> sorry, most of the time, <clears throat> sorry guys, um, most of the time, if we are feeling uncomfortable, not most of the time, all the time. If we feel uncomfortable in any type of situation, no matter what it is, if we feel discomfort, it is our body's way of telling us like, oh, no, 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 this doesn't feel good. Like go back, get back into that warm, cozy bed. Like let's not expose ourselves to that, Gabby. Like, like, please come on. Like we were, we're good. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's your body's way of protecting you, protecting um, your physical body, protecting your emotional body, protecting everything. Your your body is built literally to protect you. When you're in a scary situation and your hair sticks up on your arms and you get goosebumps, that's your body saying abort, abort, mm-hmm. like back up, yeah. <laughs> get out of the situation. So we are literally, you know, wired to avoid dangerous situations and exposure creates familiarity. So the more that we expose ourselves to uncomfortable situations, the more our body can say, oh, okay, that wasn't that bad. Or, oh, we learned this, that we can respond this way. Mm -hmm. And if we keep exposing ourselves, we keep getting more and more and more comfortable in those types of situations to the point where we can now deal with them. And our body doesn't always have our best interests at hand. We need to teach it what we want. So our body is always trying to tell us to stay in our comfort zone. But that doesn't mean like, like we should be pushing it and saying, no body, I want to grow. I want to become better. I want to become bigger. I want to, I want these other things in my life. I want to be able to handle these situations. So thank you for making me avoid, you know, going into that dark alley and getting murdered. I appreciate that. But please let me experience this, you know, minor confrontation and have this tough, difficult conversation or do this, you know, thing that, that, that feels scary, but that I really want to be able to conquer in order to conquer those things. You need to take baby steps into them mm-hmm. and, and keep exposing yourself and keep seeing how you're going to handle it and grow from there. Yeah. I suppose you were probably looking for more of a general answer or like this, maybe this wasn't what you're expecting, but, um, I figure we had the time to kind of dive a little bit deeper into it. So it, this is the stuff that I, honestly, if you want to get a better understanding of it and how to actually figure out a way to approach it, as opposed to just being like, you got this brother, you got this, <laughs> you know, don't, don't worry about. Have you tried trying? Have you tried trying? <laughs> okay. Like that, that, that phrase can be used in some examples, right? Sometimes you just really do need to. Well, I mean, I guess you could, right? That's that's ultimately this the, what Gabby was saying is that you need to ex, you know expose yourself to those uncomfortable situations. So you have to actually try in order to know what's actually going to happen. Yeah. And through those experiences, you know, someone's going, you're going to raise your voice, or you're going to be assertive, and someone's going to be more assertive. And you're like, okay. But the only way to really get good at that is to understand it, and the only way to understand it is to try trying. Mm-hmm. Now, what I would also say is, you know, just think about what I was saying about understanding different types of people. The more research you do into different types of people, and I'm sure there's books and there's, there's probably categories about like different, there's the five different types of people. And then you can, you know, find out who you are and how to deal with those types of people. There's probably, there's 
hundreds of thousands of books on that. But if you don't want to read books, um, cause you don't like reading books like me, um, I would just say, just be conscious and, and start categorizing people on your own and figuring out how do I deal with people like that? I'm going to give you an example. Just kind of, if, if everyone's, if someone's still falling behind on this and they're not quite understanding what I mean, I'm going to give you an example. It's two o'clock in the morning and you hear something outside and you look out your window in the front, you know, you're parked out front on the street and you see someone breaking into your car or trying to break into your car. Okay. And if it's, you know, a grown man, taller than you, bigger than you, what are you going to do? Do you just like put the blinds down and call the police? Do you yell out at them? Do you go outside and approach them? I mean, they're already trying to break into your car. Like if you go out there, they're going to kick the shit out of you or maybe they got a knife or a gun or something like that, right? What if it was a 14-year-old? You would open up the window and be like, get the fuck away from my car, you little shit, and you go chase him down the street. With a baseball bat. <laughs> that little motherfucker. Because you're not intimidated by them. And this is kind of what I mean. Is like you're going to you're going to be comfortable with confronting people. And, and confront confrontation is always isn't always physical. But you're going to be more comfortable confronting people that you feel like you are stronger, bigger, and that you can handle yourself um, conversationally. You're always going to feel more comfortable doing it. People that are lesser than you in your eyes. If someone has trouble speaking, they're they're quiet, they're timid. You're going to have no problem going up and speaking to them because you feel that you are a better speaker and more comfortable in conversation than they are. But if you walk into a like meet someone and they are just like, they've got so much wit and they're fast, they snap back. Even think of like the people in high school that just like they were, they, they dominated you in, in like you say something that they always had something to snap they back. They always had the last word. Yeah. They always had the last word and they had so much influence over everyone else. So you just avoided conversation with them because you knew, or even you avoided them altogether because you knew you were going to lose. And it was going to be embarrassing, mm-hmm. right? You would probably avoid that person. But if it was, if it was like, oh God, like, it's so hard. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm in a minefield right now trying not to be offensive. <laughs> if there was someone who was socially awkward, you would have no problem going and talking to them because you felt that you were better than them. It's not that you were, I'm just saying you felt like it. We were, we were, everyone was an asshole in high school and in, in elementary school. Okay. We were all really bad and kid. I watch kids today. They're still bad. Okay. But you had no problem going and speaking to them. But if there was someone that was popular or intimidating or that was really smart or, or maybe athletic, you were always really intimidated that by that person. Right. A lot, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about today was actually like developed in like when you were like 12, 13. You decided who you were and then, you know, you spoke up one day and, you know, you tried to be funny and then nobody laughed or someone laughed at you, but they were laughing at you and not with you. And then you're like, oh, I don't ever want to do that ever again. And then suddenly like the order, you know, was created on that day of who was, you know, who, who was, I wish I had a better term. 
I don't know if like pecking order is the right you know term for it, but you know what I mean. Like, who is who is above you and who is below you? And then you just you if we had a if we had, if we had a ranking system of like twenty, you know, you established on that day that you were in eleven, and anyone below eleven you were comfortable with talking to and talking down to, and anyone above eleven you avoided because you were intimidated by them. And that same ranking system applies today in life. You, when you meet people, you rank them very quickly. Like, okay, this person, okay, this person clearly knows what they're talking about and they are super fucking confident. So I'm not going to ask them a question. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, you go to a networking event, you say, hi, how you doing? And like, you know, someone asks you that first question at a real estate investing networking event. So how many properties do you have? Or like, so do you mind if I, you know, ask you a few questions? Or do you go, yeah, I've got uh, 27 doors. I've been doing this for about 12 years. Um, you know, uh, things going pretty good. I'm planning on buying a few multis this year. I've been looking into short-term rentals and stuff like that. Yeah. And then because you know the other person's going to be amazed by you. But if the other person on the other side of like, you, you just assume that they own more properties than you, suddenly you go with a different approach. So tell me a little bit about, about yourself. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going off on so many different tangents, but I want you to do is I want you to really understand what's actually going on. And I think that the understanding of it and the exposure to it and and the experience around it will make you more comfortable and at the very least have a better understanding of what's going on and how to uh, confront people that intimidate you. Mm-hmm. Come up with a model or a manual for how I approach someone like this. Because when I approach tenants for evictions or for unpaid rent, I approach each and every one of them differently. Uniquely, yeah. And it has nothing to do with where I am compared to them. It has everything to do with what type of person they are. Yeah, how they'll respond. And how they're going to respond. Yeah. So that that intimidating tenant um, uh, sent rent on the 17th of last month and then canceled it a day later. I'm like, okay, that was weird. It was one, it was early. And then a day later, they canceled it. So it must have been like some sort of mistake. But then he, we thought about it last night. We're like, oh, well, he didn't send rent today. So like, let's send him a quick email and say like, hey, um, we noticed he sent rent and then canceled it. Just wanted to make sure, you know, if it was a mistake that, you know, make sure rent's sent tonight. He comes back and says, yeah, well, my, my dog, um, um, I had to pay for my dog's vet bill. It was a lot of money. So I'll have the money for you on the. I think Friday. Friday. How do I respond to that? You know, do I tell him, hey, well, the rental discount's got to be removed or there's going to be a late fee? How is he going to react to that? Is he the type of person that comes back and says, are you fucking kidding me? Seriously, you're going to charge me $200 for being two days late? I've, I've been on time and paid early every fucking month. You know what I mean? That's how he's going to respond. I think his response would just be, fuck you. Because <laughs> that's where we're at at this 100%, point. <laughs> 100%. That's how he's going to respond. Yeah. And so another type of tenant, you know, um, the the – the the professor at the university who lives in the one bedroom basement suite she's gonna be like oh my god i'm so sorry no this will never happen again please i would just ask you to reconsider that you do not do that i promise i'm gonna pay you on friday if i don't pay on friday then you can evict me you know what I mean? how are they yeah. going to respond and that just makes confrontation so much easier when you can understand this is why tenant profile is so important mm-hmm. for 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 choosing your tenants on the topic of tenants and how to confront them this is why tenant profile is so important because yeah. you, you, if you get the same type of tenant every time, you can use the same approach every single time and you can control the situation better. Yeah. If we're talking about just generally in life, I would say just listen to everything that we we're talking about today. Um, get comfortable having, not get comfortable, but just 
get a little more experience yeah. confronting people. Get comfortable. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Don't like learn to love it. Don't learn to love like. <laughs> but also, you know, read a couple books and start researching different types of people and how to approach them and who you are. And is there anything that you can do to become better? Yeah. I think that, um, you know, there's a couple different directions that I could have went as well, but we're over time now. But I think that Cody brought up a really good point. And I think that this would be something to um, really figure out how to master if, if you know, if we're talking about like reading books and, and edu educating yourself on the on the situations. Cody says the hardest part is de-escalation. Mm. As a manager for years, I had to learn how to calm down situations. It can be tough. You want you want to lash out, but you need to stay calm. And absolutely, like I think anybody who's ever been in any sort of confrontation um, knows how fast it escalates. Mm -hmm. And your ability to not fuel the fire is going to determine the outcome of it. Um, because certainly when you, when somebody else is on the fiery, like feeding the fire end of it, and, and there's no way they're backing down, like they're, you know, on the attack mode. If you can't deescalate it, it's literally going nowhere. You need to, you need to remove yourself from the situation. So that is literally the most important skill that you can have in a confrontational situation is how to deescalate it. Not, not how to, um, don't don't back down. Don't be like, okay, yes, yes, yes. You're right. I'm sorry. Yes, you will do it your way. Like don't, don't succumb to them, but your ability to deescalate it and then uh, maybe end that conversation so that it can be approached um, at a different time, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I add one more? <laughs> I, I, I told you, like I tried to avoid this question. Um, because I said it wasn't going to be easy because I feel like there's lots of things to consider for this. And I feel like I can do, I can do a four to eight hour workshop on this. I, I shit, you know, I could do, I could, I, I have so much to add on this because this is stuff that I, that I study and that I'm passionate about is about how do I become the best version of myself? And it's not about changing who you are, but it's just about evolving or, or revising, you know, rev one, rev two, rev three. What I want you to also do is think about what type of person do I want to be and start working towards becoming that person. Little steps every day in the right direction of who you want to become. And I want you to think about walking into those confrontations that, that are intimidating to you, whichever, whichever example you want to use, whichever scenario you want to use. And I want you to think about who you would like to be in those scenarios so that you would not be intimidated by confrontation. And the best way to do that is to try and choose someone or qualities of many people that you would like to emulate and make the best version of yourself and still keep the great qualities that make you you. How can we get you to a point where you can be the best parts of you at the same time no one would ever fucking challenge you. You could walk into a confrontation or a dispute or a debate and the person will always be intimidated by you as opposed to you intimidated by them. And you still get to hold the, the qualities about you that make you you.
because I think that's something that scares a lot of people. Is like I, I, I want to be more assertive. I want to be the type of person that that controls a conversation or a debate or dispute. But at the same time, that's not who I am. I don't want you to change who you are. I want you to keep those qualities that make you great, that people love about you. But at the same time, what little things can you, like who? What would be the best version of you? And start working every day towards becoming that. Just little things. Just little things every day. Change little things about yourself. Right? One step at a time. And I promise you, within a year, six months to a year, you're going to start to notice growth. You're going to start to notice that, wow, last year, I would have never, ever, ever fucking done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can I have the final words? For fuck's sakes. Get your finger ready on the outro. Get it ready. Y'all queued yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, I'm all queued up. Okay, so if anybody's wondering how Wayne handled, uh, the other day we talked about uh, somebody was in our backyard in the middle of the night trying to break into our garage. He went running out the front door with an ice chipper and chased the dude. <laughs> okay, outro, cute outro. Bye, guys. You know what fucking happened? <laughs> Damn it, don't bring that up. You know what fucking happened? Why didn't you play the outro? That was just, I set it up to be a really great ending. I know, but like that just reminded me that like my fucking pride was crushed shortly after because the police, we called the police at the same time. I did. I was was hiding behind the blind. I fucking ran out and the ice chipper was right there beside the door and I fucking chased him. And the police came about five minutes later. And he asked what happened. I explained it. And he goes, what, were you going to fucking go get your boxing gloves and fucking chase him down and knock him out? I shit you not. He said that. And I almost wanted to knock out the fucking cop. I was because you know what he did? He fucking sized me up in the moment and he pushed me down. I was confident for a fucking second at that time in my life. I I don't I don't know why the fuck I did it. I could have just called the cops. Right. Would have been a much better approach. They probably would have caught him. Yeah. Had I called the cops and not chased them. Yeah. And I felt so fucking confident in that moment. And then I was fucking crushed yeah. because the police officer who was fucking four feet taller than I am and his fucking gun told me, what are you going to do? You're going to put on your boxing gloves and go fucking knock him out? Yeah. Because he sized me up and thought I was less than him. Yeah. Just a prime fucking example of how people look at people and they size them up in the moments. And he said it in that fucking tone. It pissed me off. I'm sorry. <laughs> because like, I don't, I, I know you, what you just did for me there was a very nice compliment, but at the same time, I remember that. And this is like, this, these are moments that I remember of like, why the fuck did he say that? Yeah. He could have just said, okay, but no, he, he clearly wanted to express his dominance over me <laughs> in that moment. Anyways, you guys have a good day. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 